Thank you for showing up in the place where we come together and sit in circle and share the stories that inspire us. Get ready to enjoy this next powerful journey outdoors in nature. Thanks for showing up. My name is Tegan, the host of this podcast. Uh, I was just joking and just told that we should call it Pajoin. So powerful journeys outdoors in nature because it seemed like such a big mouthful. So I'm going to call it Pajoin from now on. So I invite you to join us to call it Pajoin. Um, (laughs) I just want to say thank you so much for clicking and listening if this is your first time and trying something new. And I'd also like to thank you if you've listened to some of the other episodes. I think we might be up to like 11 or 12 now, which is kind of exciting. If you listen to those other episodes um, and you've enjoyed them, thank you for sticking around and coming back. Uh, I have actually upgraded the technology. So before the whole podcast was just made in my phone in one big thing, just one file uploaded and it got me this far and then I was enjoying it so much I decided to invest. So we have fancy microphones now, not just a microphone on a stick that actually upon reflection I don't think was even working anyway. So it was more of just like a like a like a distraction so people didn't worry about the phone so I really hope for you guys that the sound quality is better because I'm really excited to share and continue to share these stories with you and on that note today I'm so excited to be sitting and having this conversation with Jordan hi Jordan hello (laughs) um so I'm actually lucky enough to have been living with Jordan for the last few months and I've uh, managed to bully her into having this conversation because I'm super excited about what she's going to talk about, even though I'm not sure what it is yet. Um, so to, for you to introduce yourselves to our, to our tens of thousands of listeners, Jordan, <laughs> can you introduce your body for me? So I would love to know how old you are and what stage of life you feel like you're at. Um, so I'm 30 and stage of life. I think, I don't know, I feel like I'm in this stage of life where I'm just leaning into what feels good. So just Mm. kind of, you know, figuring out what it is that brings me joy Mm. and moving toward it. Is that that different to your, like, 20s? Um, Yeah. I guess in my 20s I was, I had a lot more uncertainty and was doing a lot more of what I thought I should do. Yeah. Whereas this is more about doing what I want to do. Cool. Did you have all like the big three O life crisis? Of, like I'm thirty, I should have a house and two and a half dogs, and <laughs> it's definitely crossed my mind, but it's not something I feel stressed about. Again, that's one of those kind of like status quo. Yeah. You know, this is what we should be doing, but I don't necessarily think that that's a reason to do it. Yeah. So I feel good about where I'm at. That's awesome. And that also then leads into the next thing. So if you're leaning into the things that make you feel good, if you could introduce your soul for me. So what does light you up and what gets you excited? Um, Surfing, the ocean. um, That brings me a lot of joy. And wildlife, animals, Mm. just being any kind of interaction with animals. Yeah. doesn't really matter what it is. It just seems to pull me into like being really present. Yeah. And that's a beautiful feeling. Have you always been a surfer? No, I didn't start till I was 20. Okay. So I've learnt in my adult life, which yep. had its challenges, but um, it didn't take me long to be suckered in. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty diligent. I would say you yeah. like surf almost every day or every second day. Pretty much as long as there's waves, yep. I'll get out there. Yeah. 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 What is, what is it about surfing for you? Um, 
Well, it's kind of like it's a very um, individual sport in a way. Like you, it's sort of one of those things that the more you go, the more you improve, and the the more fun it becomes. In mm. a weird way, I was reflecting on this recently out in the surf because, like you know, you, it's something that you can just always get better and better at. Um, so there's that element, but I think mostly it's just about being in the water, mm. um, you know, and sort of, and you really like you're really quite vulnerable because you're out there floating in mm. the ocean and it's unpredictable and that kind of thing. Um, there's wildlife there, so I love that component of it as well. Um, but then there's also that adrenaline rush and that really um, beautiful feeling, again, of presence when you're on mm. the wave, which really, like, you're only on the wave for a few minutes out of a surf sesh. Like, Don't they say, like, 1% of the time that yeah. you spend surfing, quote-unquote, is, like, 1% is on the waves? Yes, exactly. But the rest of the time you're floating around and paddling around and reading the ocean yeah. and interacting with it. And, um, yeah, I just... There's multiple layers <laughs> to yeah. why it's so amazing. Yeah. But definitely that feeling of being on the wave and, you know, like, it's just you and the energy of that wave, like, propelling you forward, which yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love it. And it's like it would do it anyway. Like yeah. that wave would still be there anyway, but oh, totally. you get to like line up and like you say, become really ple- present and then just flow with it. Yeah. And for like what, it was a couple of seconds, it feels like a whole yeah. lifetime yeah. and then you just go out and do it again. Yeah. I get so overwhelmed sometimes with surfing because it's like there's so, like you said, there's so many like variable factors. Mm-hmm. Like even when you come home and you'll say, I don't know, you use like this terminology and I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> and it's like where the sandbank is or where the wind's coming from or if it's coming around the headland or if it's like and I'm just like "Uh uh-huh but I love that because it just reminds me you know it's like we see kids out surfing you're like oh yeah they're just kids they're just having fun but it's like Mm -hmm. hang on a second they're taking in so much information they know what the water's doing what the environment's doing around them yeah Yeah. and then to that body position to get on the wave and each wave is incredibly different they know two are the same and totally yeah it seems like one of those sports or activities that look so simple I suppose mm. any you know when people ace it it makes it look like effortless and yeah. then you get out there and try and do it yourself and just end up eating shit yeah. pretty much <laughs> there's definitely a long stage of that in learning like a, a humbling factor <laughs> yeah. I like to call it yeah um so that's not your story of powerful journey outdoors <laughs> in nature what I would love yeah for you to share is what is one of the powerful journeys you've had outdoors in nature there's so many, and yeah. I still haven't quite decided on one. You could have two if you wanted to. <laughs> um, actually, on the note of surfing, yeah. there's just this memory that came to mind, which I'd kind of forgotten about until now, of surfing. It was about, oh, maybe six years ago or something, five or six years ago. And I was out surfing, and it was big and wild and, like, stormy. Where was this? At Burley Heads. Okay. Yeah, it was big and wild and stormy and kind of like, like I wasn't feeling that confident. And are there was, other people in the water? Yeah, yeah, okay. there are other people out there. But I was sort of not having a good time because I was feeling a bit like defeated mm. by the ocean. Like I couldn't really get where I wanted, like the sweep was really strong and stuff. And I guess I'd also been like starting my journey of awareness with plastic and that kind of uh. stuff as well. And then I was out there and there was this plastic bag, ironically, that floated past in the water. So amongst all the like turmoil and turbulence of the waves and stuff I'm like diving under and trying to get this plastic bag and then I've got it and I'm like trying to tuck it into my wetsuit and that didn't work so and all the while I'm just getting smashed like just to not let this plastic bag go and I ended up tying it around my ankle in a knot and then I paddled in but that was like a quite a defining moment for me in terms of like I guess it 
was the beginning of my journey there and it kind of like it was a frustrating moment like I ended up in tears at the end of that session um but it kind of reassured me that I was on the right path in a way like it kind of it just motivate I used it as motivation I suppose rather than getting frustrated and down which I started with and then I kind of went okay no snap out of it and you know began this trajectory of like yeah, tell me more. People, some people it. wouldn't care about a plastic bag in the ocean. <laughs> like, I mean, that, yeah, like, why Why was it at that time that it felt so poignant? Um, well, I guess I'd kind of just come into the real awareness of how big plastic pollution was. Mm. I mean, I knew that it was a problem, but I hadn't really considered how big of a problem How did you know was. it was a problem? Um, oh, I learned about it at uni and also yeah, okay. just even as a kid, you know, you, you kind of learn about it. They, they touch on it yeah. in school and that kind of thing. And then I worked at Woolworths as a checkout chick yeah. like, for all my teenage years. And that definitely brought it to my awareness because I was giving out the plastic bags. And yeah. I was kind of like just the numbers game of being like, okay, in one day I'm serving like hundreds of yeah. people and they're taking 10 bags each. And what does that look like? And Where I'm just all one going? person. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that, that, that's the exact question. Where's it all going? Um, so as I started to explore that more, I, you know, and realizing that plastic doesn't actually break down, cause I think mm. that was what I thought before is or just that I hadn't really considered that it doesn't actually ever go away. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. I mean, I, I just asked like, how did you know? Cause I feel like sometimes yeah. when I still see pictures of, you know, like a plastic Island or, you mm. know, even in like third world countries, how it's like their beaches are just littered with plastic. I still get shocked by that as mm. if like, I didn't know it's like, cause I guess I didn't, I don't think about it. We have this amazing bin system, right? Where it's yeah. like, I put it in this bin and then it magically disappears. Yeah. And I presume that that magical place was really good place where it had fairies and unicorns yeah. and, but it's not, it's a big fucking hole in the ground full yeah. of like, full of our stuff that we've deemed yeah. as, yeah, we don't use anymore. Yeah. Yeah, and even in a landfill, like, we're just putting it there, but it's not, like, it's not even necessarily better than it being in the ocean sometimes. Yeah. Like, it's still there, and it's going to sit there, and it's going to eventually leach into the soils and stuff, and, you know, it's just, there's only so many holes in the ground we can dig. Yeah. Know? Okay, so we have, like, little Jordan. She's paddling out there. She's getting pounded <laughs> by these waves. She's like, oh, wow, look, it's a jellyfish. Oh, wait, no, it's a plastic bag. Ah! You're trying to... Like, it just see you, like, trying to shove it in your wetsuit. You're like, should I put it in my mouth? Like, I don't know. How do I hold on to it? And then you tie it around your thing, and then you just manage to, like, just be like, okay, well, the ocean is one today kind of thing. Like, mm. it's too big, or there's too many factors. Mm. And then you come back in. What? And then you have a cry on. <laughs> Imagine you get in, you have a cry. What What happens then? What What do you use that energy? What are you using that frustration? Where did that trajectory go? Um, Just towards solutions, really. Like, you can either get down about it or you can get active and how um, did you get active <laughs> do you want me to go into that yeah i do story? i do <laughs> and then i'm going to come back around and ask you about your favorite water animals so okay yeah well i started a project called boomerang bags yeah with a friend of mine um and it was essentially that it was just going okay well plastic bags is kind of like it's the basic it's like it's a very unnecessary plastic item that is easy to avoid Mm. um and so we sort of started with that because it's a bit of a i don't know i guess i see it as a bit of a gateway drug into all of the other single-use plastic stuff getting rid of them like once you get your head around why a plastic bag makes no sense Mm. then you go okay plastic water bottles don't make any sense Mm. either and straws and containers and 
cutlery and all the stuff. Um, so we just started with plastic bags to keep it really simple. And um, yeah, we started this initiative called Boomerang Bags and just started getting people together to make um, fabric bags out of recycled textiles that mm-hmm. we were collecting. Um, and yeah, just getting people together. We went into schools and had sewing circles and worked with unis and all sorts of different community groups. And it became this really beautiful um, just way to connect people, really, mm-hmm. and have those conversations. So we'd be sitting around making bags, which, you know, kind of makes us all feel really good and we're giving the bags away to people that need them or, mm-hmm. you know, might swap them with someone that's got a plastic bag and talk to them about why it's important for them to use and reuse yeah. this plastic, uh, this reusable bag. Um, so it's kind of like spreading that aha moment for people um, as well as connecting people together to start other conversations like you know, I would often sit back in a sewing circle and just kind of observe what uh, observe what was going on and lots of conversations about, you know, organic food and, like, agriculture or, um, you know, the where they just found their latest and greatest keep cup or, yeah. you know, like anything and everything. Do um, you find that most of the people who come to sew boomerang bags, like, do care about the environment? Is that why they're there or is it just no. to connect or something to do? Or I think it's varied. Um, like, you definitely get those people. Um, but then you also get people that are crafters and sewers mm. and people that just want to be involved, really, yeah. like in, in something community-minded and contribute something. So that just adds to it because then they're all yeah. cross-pollinating their ideas and information about different issues and you've got social issues and environmental issues yeah. which really go hand in hand. So um, it's kind of, yeah, it's all inclusive, all demographics, really. Um, yeah, so now it's spread like wildfire and is in a 1,000 or over a thousand places in the world oh, all doing the same thing you say this, like also <laughs> nonchalant you're like oh yeah i just had this like little annoying moment in the ocean and now like thousands like of people around the world do it and it's yeah yeah that's i, yeah. I think it's i think it's so awesome um so it was that kind of moment when i mean Actually, one, did you grow up in a culture where, like, I feel like I, plastic bags were such a norm for me growing up. Was mm. it the same for you? Mm, I think my parents had some awareness. Okay. I, like, I do recall having some, like, we had reusable bags at yep. home most of the time. Ah. Unless we got stuck. But it wasn't like if we got stuck, it wasn't to the point of, you know, using your T-shirt to put everything in like <laughs> yeah, it yeah, is now. Yeah. Back then it was like, oh, you just get a plastic bag. It wasn't. <laughs> a strong yeah because I think <laughs> was... I don't think my parents ever had reusable bags at that stage definitely yeah. not when I was younger I don't think mm. but now it's funny because my mom actually works at Woolworths mm. and she is like a big advocate for like go back to your car yeah. get your bags I'm not giving you a plastic bag yeah. like which is really fun to see yeah um to see that kind of transformation it's like because I'm a big believer in how we do one thing is how we do everything. So at least yeah. if we can make that small little change there, like you say, it then makes you go, why do, why do I use a plastic bottle or why do yeah. I use a coffee cup all the time? And then it yeah. becomes that challenge of like, oh, I have this artesian made one-off coffee yeah. cup. And you're just like, oh, I'm so jealous. I want one too. <laughs> and how that then kind of propels outwards. Yeah. Um, with do you, Is it like the ocean that you love the most? I mean, because I'm hearing that you love animals. Is it o- ocean mm. animals that... Well, you love dogs. I don't discriminate. No, you don't. <laughs> it's so true. You don't discriminate. What is one of the most amazing interactions with an animal you've had? Um, Except for Django every day. Oh, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's actually in the 
He's in the room with us at the moment, the having studio. a little sleep in the studio um, because I've got the air conditioning on. So if you hear any banging, it's probably his tail against something. <laughs> um, oh, I've had so many amazing. And actually, some of the best wildlife experiences have been in the ocean. But I think that's just because, like, it's kind of so out of our comfort zone and it's there's something – I mean, I love the rainforest just mm. as much or, like – you know all types of environments i love the diversity um but maybe it's because they're more rare or something mm, the wild okay. that the ocean things that makes them more special yeah. and also there's something about whales and dolphins and mm. sharks that is pretty special whales and dolphins in particular um so yeah one of my favorite and most memorable experiences was with some whales yeah um, what type of whales humpback whales <laughs> <laughs> we were up on Magnetic Island, yep. my partner was doing um, some monitoring of the shark nets and drum lines up there because they're still up there and they've actually been removed since, but they were still Ooh. there at the moment at that time. Yeah. Um, and we'd just been that morning, I was just volunteering to help and we'd just been checking all the nets and then the skipper, it was just us and a skipper on the boat and he was like, oh, there's some cool little islands um, that have reef, mm-hmm. like not far from Magnetic, so we can go on a little adventure, like mm-hmm. we had some time. So we started making our way to this island um, and it was beautiful, like Mm. such a beautiful place up Mm. there. And the reef was amazing and um, it was humpback wow season. So we were kind of looking out for them but sort of didn't really expect to get that close. We saw some pods and we were, um, we kind of just like stopped the boat. They were maybe 100 metres away. There was a mum and and baby and um, an escort male whale as well. So... We just kind of cut the engine and watched them for a while. And they were going in one direction that was away from us. But when we cut the engine, they turned and came right in our direction. And we were kind of like, oh, my God, is this going to happen? Like, is this real life? Are they coming up to see us? Like, they were curious. And sure enough, they did. And they came right up to the boat. And the mum kind of came up first. The the male stayed maybe 50 metres away, like kind of in the back, just like just observing I suppose and the mum came right up and started doing circles around the boat yeah and just looking and watching and like her hump would sort of come out and then she'd go under and then she'd come back up um but she kept the baby on the outside of her yeah for a few laps and then eventually and we were kind of we were going like we were making noises and yeah. woohooing and like isn't that crazy that attention. they like that yeah I've heard, yeah like the louder you are they yeah just, exactly yeah so we were just going nuts because yeah. we wanted to keep that interaction yeah. happening for as long as possible and she was looking at us and the baby was sort of following her doing the laps but sort of keeping she was she was keeping it the baby between yeah. her uh, like the boat keeping herself between the baby and the boat yeah um, but yeah, after a few laps, it was like maybe she'd gone okay, it's safe. Yeah. And then she let the baby go in, and so then the baby came right up to the boat and was just circling, and coming up, and like we could have reached out and touched it. Yeah. Like we would, it was a snorkeling boat, so we had the back of the boat down, yeah, flat with the water, and we were just hanging off the edge. It's oh. <laughs> like, but what was really cool, they they stayed with us for maybe twenty minutes. Yeah. Um. We got some cool footage from underwater as well, which was pretty awesome. And above of all of the screaming and <laughs> getting really excited. And the skipper who's been out there for, you know, 20 years said he'd never had an experience like that before wow. with a whale. Um, but what was so cool was just like for such a huge animal, like even the baby was huge, 
the spatial awareness, like it was coming mm. inches from the boat, mm-hmm. but it never once touched it. And it was just coming up and down. It would come right up to the edge and then yeah. go back down again. And the male kind of kept kept its back. And then they'd stick their heads out of the water as well. You know, yep. they, I don't, there's a term for that, but I can't remember. Um, eye hopping or something? I'll call it peekabooing. Yeah, yeah peekabooing. <laughs> yeah. Let's call it that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, having a real good look. And it was. it's just there's something so awesome about wildlife experiences where they're as curious about you yeah. as you are of them. Yeah. Um, and they're just such massive and powerful and gentle mm. animals. And I was just in awe. Like I've seen them lots of times and I've had them come up close in the surf, but I've never had that kind of You've had them come up close in the surf? Yeah. Like when you're surfing, yeah. they just like pop up. They're like, hey, Jordan. Yeah, but it's very brief. It's like I've yeah. been surfing and maybe from like me to the doorway, there's just been like this, like the blow. Just a couple of meters, and yeah. And then they just wow. disappear again. And you're like, whoa, did anyone see that? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I was lucky enough to go while watching last season and mm. we ended up going from Brunswick Heads um, and we kind of went towards, um, what's the island off Byron? Julian Rocks. Julian Rocks. Mm. So we kind of headed that way and along that way we came across three whales. Yeah. We did the same thing. You cut the engine and you just hang out there. Mm. They must have hung out with us for a good hour mm. and it was just... Like you said, like they came so close to the boat mm. and they were so inquisitive. And there yeah. was that moment where it's like you could choose to be anywhere right yeah. now. Like the ocean is so big. And if you didn't want to be here, you would just drop down and be gone. Like yeah. you would. But they were just playing with us and going yeah. around and like looking on their side and flapping their things. Yeah. And it was just that like such gratitude I had. It was like, yeah. thank you for like, oh my God. What stopped you from getting in the water, though, in Magnetic? Because well, I was pretty close. Like, I was on a tour and yeah. I was almost in the water. Well, what mostly what stopped us was, like, not wanting to get between the whale and the boat. I mean, okay, I probably trust that they have, like I said, yeah. they have such amazing spatial awareness. Yeah. And then we did actually, like, we started to gear up. We were like, all right, we got, like, because they'd, they'd hung out with yeah. us for so long. And we already were hanging off the edge yeah. anyway with the camera on, yeah. into the, in the water. Um, and then Nick with the camera, she slid off the back into the water. Yep. And at that moment, they like increased the distance yep. between, like, they just sort of yeah. backed off. And I always wonder about that. Were they, because I don't think they're scared of us. They wouldn't I don't be. think so either. I think they're cautious though. And I'd, I, I always wonder if it was like, were they going, okay, we don't want to injure this tiny human? Huh. Or are they going, no, we didn't invite you. Like, yeah. have, have, you know, have we caught... Like, I'd, I'd love to know what was going on for them then when they were like, well, that no. would be interesting as well because you know how they say, like, trauma goes through your generations. Mm. Like, you know, if you've suffered a trauma and you have a child that often they... Like, it's just generational and you yeah. can carry that on. I wonder if they would have the same thing. Like, because, you know, like, there's the, all the whaling stations. I mean, Tangaluma was a whaling station. And, like, on the East Coast, I feel like we just picked them as they kind of went past I wonder if there's that hesitation but there is that amazing part where they're so much bigger than us but I guess we have spears and guns and stuff like we've yeah shown that before yeah maybe they know memory of like but why do you think they wanted to come up and say hello to you what do you speculate I think that um be given the baby was there Possibly it was like they were trying to show the baby something. That's what I reckon. 
Um, maybe it was like, you know, the mum's going, this is a boat and these yeah. are humans and this is, you know, maybe that was part of it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, otherwise, I don't know. Or maybe they're just generally curious. Yeah. And inquisitive and want to have those interactions. I don't know. They're just so big and majestic. Yeah. yeah. Just. Yeah. Like even um, you've seen whale shark as well, haven't mm. you? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, but, them, but they're not even whales, are they? They're like fish. Giant fish. solitary fish. Yeah. But even them, they're just like so big. And mm. it's like the first thing I wanted to do was just to touch it because it's yeah. like, is this even real? But you yeah. can't touch them because they get real skittish kind of thing. Yeah. But, but yeah, with animals in the wild, actually, and if you listen to my podcast, mm. I was talking about when I got to swim with dolphins out mm. from the beach here as well. And it was just those interactions are just so... No, like we interact with people all the time, but yeah. they could be classed as animals. Like, yeah. oh, totally. but there's something about, oh, I don't know, they're just such fun shapes and colors mm. and live this whole different life and talk to each other differently. And yeah, yeah, they make me feel very connected, kind of thing. Yeah. Do you think that's why you kind of do it with the plastic? Is it because you don't like seeing the way the plastic interferes with animals? That's how it started. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, it It started with that kind of the impact that it's having on the oceans yeah but as the years have gone on and the research has gotten better and my awareness has grown just Mm -hmm. with sort of delving into things deeper it's definitely it's still that but it's also impacting every corner of the earth it's Mm -hmm. not just the oceans it's impacting on our health it's impacting on the animals health like we've we've done all this research on what happens to our bodies because of ingesting plastic Mm. but that makes you wonder what about the animals that are even if they're not being strangled or dying from you know like even if they're passing the plastic Mm. they're still absorbing the toxins Um, and our soil is absorbing the toxins and the water is absorbing the toxins and in the oceans it's actually accumulating toxins because the plastic attracts other stuff that's floating around in the ocean so it's just it's just this toxic stuff that yeah. we just don't really seem to connect that it is toxic, I guess, yeah. because it's hard. It's not and it's sold not... like that, is it? Yeah. But more and more research is coming out now about how just how toxic it is and how much of the tiny particles are actually coming off onto our hands and onto, yeah. into our bodies when we eat from it. Um, I so it's animals are like paying the price for that yet they didn't yeah. use the coffee cup did they you know no. it's not like they even got the pro side of single use yeah. plastic they get just get the con side yeah 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 and that is really tough of like how do I make a difference but I love that you were just like was that plastic bag at the ocean where you're like <laughs> I've had enough <laughs> no turtle will eat this bag yeah. Yeah. yeah is there an animal that you would like to have an interaction with that you haven't yet um, I can't think of one. I wanna, I wanna. See you can name one. your top twenty-five if you want to. Um, I mean, I have had an interaction with sea lions already, but I would do that again a hundred times. That what was, is it about sea lion? Again, similarly to the whales, it's like they're deciding to come and interact with yeah. you. It's very rare that, like, normally you kind of creeping up on an animal trying to <laughs> yeah. not spook it. Yeah. So when they are wanting to come up to you, that's like just the best. And the sea lions are so, they're like little puppy dogs underwater. They're so inquisitive. Mm. And the more you play around and like have fun, the more interested they are because they just are having fun as well. So like I had, I was just jumping and doing backflips and like 
up and wow. down in the water and the more I would do that the more they would come over and they'd like you'd just be side by side like <sighs> flailing around in the water with these and they look you right in the eye and <sighs> one one of them grabbed onto like they'd grab onto your fins yeah it was like they were like what are these things because they're like giant <laughs> they look like their fins but they're huge yeah right so they're kind of like sniffing with their little whiskers and I had one actually grab onto my stomach yeah with its little flippers and you're not really meant to touch them like they're a wild animal yeah they're protected and stuff so I was kind of like this moment where I was like I don't know what to do because it's just holding on to me and I just wanted to hug it back. <laughs> it's just like you're a teacher in a primary school. Yeah. You know how like little kids come and latch onto you, but you're like, I'm not meant to touch you. <laughs> like, don't touch me. It's the same. Like, you're an endangered yeah. animal. Yeah. But if they're just trying to connect you, because I often yeah. wonder that, like, even when I'm swimming or snorkeling or free diving and often there's turtles and mm. turtles are pretty chill with you, especially if yeah. you're chill with them. And I mean, some of them are huge and I just have this like innate want to touch them. Like, mm. I just want to touch them on their shell and I just want to, because mm. often like you can get within a couple of centimeters of them and yeah. just hang out. And I have this thing where I kind of split in two and one is like just touch it Tegan like it's like it's it's a sensory interaction right and the other part of me is like don't fucking touch it Tegan like leave it alone yeah but there is this do you think it's okay to touch animals I think it depends on the situation yeah I think if they're not willing if they seem unwilling to be close to you and it's like you're kind of harassing Mm. them then obviously not but like I said they can They'll let you know. I think, mm, I think totally. most animals will let you know if they don't want to be yeah. near you or they don't want to be touched. And obviously, like, there's some animals that you want to be cautious with. But I think, well, I don't know. It's, I don't want to advise people. To no, touch I just animals. want to do it totally. But definitely, I've touched a turtle for sure. Yeah. Because, like, even in some places, they'll just, like, back into you a little bit when you <laughs> just give them a scratch on the back. And say, like, with the sea lions, we weren't meant to touch them, but. They wanted to touch us. Yeah. So it's like, well, what do you do then? Like, And because it's that next level of connection, isn't it? Yeah, like, you know, you look each other in natural. the eye and then it's like, I want to touch. What do you feel like? We have the sensory yeah. uh, information. Yeah. Yeah, touching animals. <laughs> I think it is a big point. Like, it's one thing to touch an animal in a zoo and it's another thing to touch one in the wild. Like, because oh, yeah. they have nothing but freedom in the wild. So yeah. to me, it's like they've chosen to come over and this yeah. is like a an equal decision where when you're in a zoo. But... I guess I had boycotted zoos. I reckon for about mm. five years. I Actually, probably even longer, I boycotted zoos. And now mm. I'm just like, I just can't. Yeah. And now it feels like a normal thing. But I'm like, it even adds this next level of adventure. If it's like, if I want to go see that animal, like I have to go see where it's from. Yeah. You know? I can go see a polar bear at SeaWorld. Yeah. Or I can go and find a polar bear. Yeah. Like in like Alaska or something like yeah. which one sounds actually more fun yeah. Alaska it's for such sure a richer experience yeah to, to see that. in its natural environment and then there's nothing but like love and appreciation and mm-hmm. and then it's that thing right it's like I actually care I want to make your environment okay and I want to make sure yeah mm. that there's no plastic everywhere because I know we're all connected yeah if you could say if you were to like say or write like gratitude to that those three whales that came up to you mm. what would you like say to them i would have some questions oh yeah no go <laughs> for it count? no totally i just want to know what they're thinking about yeah i feel like they're so intelligent i mean we know they're so intelligent mm. but there's also a level of emotional intelligence that i don't think that we can even comprehend with mm. with the whales and dolphins and I just want to know what they know. Mm. <laughs> it's just that. Like, I'd love for them to just tell me all their secrets. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely grateful that they chose to come and have that interaction and to any, all the wildlife that's ever allowed me to <laughs> Coming into <laughs> its personal it. bubble. Yeah, yeah. Because it's such a beautiful experience. Mm. Yeah. Do you feel like you have a spirit animal? It changes. Yeah. I feel like it. I've had lots of spirit animals. What is it um, at the moment? Probably dolphins. Yeah. They like to have fun. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. I don't know. It could be something different though. Soon. What has it been in the past? Uh, it's been a frog. Oh, like a green um, tree frog? Any kind of or frog. Or a toad. All no. of them. <laughs> tree green, okay. like native frogs. Um, what was that? Kingfishers. Oh, I yeah. I like those. And the rainbow bee eaters. I love them. Oh. They're beautiful. Um, but yeah, I know. I, I've never really felt like I've only... only had that connection with one animal, mm. like that spirit animal kind of connection. Yeah. Maybe that's just because I'm indecisive and I want You just love all them all. The things. Yeah. I just, I just love all the animals. That's it. Oh, that's yeah. so... I wonder what they would say their secrets. Maybe they'd be like, thanks, Jordan. <laughs> thanks for helping us out, buddy. <laughs> like, yeah. Mm. Um, well, thank you so much for sharing your story and your love of the ocean with us and of all animals. Um, if people also want to get involved um, and help with the whole plastic thing in a way that they can, how do mm-hmm. they find Boomerang Bags? Uh, website is probably the best place, mm-hmm. boomerangbags.org, mm-hmm. and you'll find all the different ways to get involved there. There's a map of all the communities everywhere so people can connect in with their nearest community or mm. they can start a community. Mm-hmm. So we'll provide all the resources and tools that they need to do that. Which is amazing. Once again, you say it so casually. Like, you give so many free resources that help people come together and give them purpose. And then also then they act in service of something else, which then just enriches your life. And it's like Mm. you're feeding into the, like, the human ecosystem and how, yeah, Mm. how one little thing is symbolic of that. I have a quick question, though. How did you come up with the name Boomerang Bags? It's a really good question, and I don't know the answer. Oh, okay. Um, Tanya and I both can't really figure out at what moment that came up, like whether someone mentioned it or one of us just said it and went, yep, that works. Like, we actually can't remember. Huh. We didn't really, we weren't paying enough attention, I guess, when it came up, but it just it just came up somehow. And then we were like, oh, yeah, that's it. But that's it's it. just, we've never, of all the things that we've changed our minds about throughout this process, yeah. like how to, how to set the organisation up, Boomerang Bags has always stuck. Has a good name. It it's just to... oh, the the power <laughs> of a name. I think because it yeah. makes so much sense. It's like it goes away and then just bring it back. Yeah, like it's like that's it. Just if it goes away, bring it back. Yeah, and it kind of applies to you know like the way that the fabrics they're sort of you know they might start as a sheet and then they're ending up as something like they're being transformed and yeah and also that that kind of indigenous concept of everything is borrowed like we actually don't huh. own anything and we really liked that as well and resonated with nothing is ours yeah. to keep or have everything is borrowed and that's kind of the concept with the bag is like you know yeah. keep it for as long as you need it and then once you don't need it anymore pass it on to someone else or same with the fabrics you know they've served a purpose and yeah for someone and then they're being passed on to be made into something else so kind of has lots of layers to it has there ever been a problem where they haven't come back yes yeah, yeah, like what? Yeah, so we started out with that borrow and bring back kind of concept, thinking this will work because I guess we were looking at what the barriers to people not using 
reusable bags was. Yeah. And often it was that they get to the shops and they've just forgotten, yeah. like even if the awareness was there. So that was kind of the intention from the beginning, but we quickly learned that it wasn't really sustainable to just have the bags freely available with no person there to kind mm. of hand them out um, because people loved them. They didn't want to bring them back. <laughs> even if they had intended to, they were like, sure. oh, like they were using it and that was perfect. Yeah. We didn't need them to come back. Um, so most communities actually aren't operating from that kind of model. Most communities, we encourage people to just give the bags out in a way that creates connection or a conversation. So yeah. at the moment, with everything going on with the bushfires, a lot of them are doing things like setting up market stalls and selling the bags and fundraising or mm. um, they're just giving them to like food banks and that that yeah. are distributing food to people in need. So it's just kind of this act of kindness of giving mm. the bags away but also that, you know, when they give the bag away, they'll explain what it is, where mm. it came from, you know, that story of community Starting and the story the of passion. So yeah. it's that, yeah, the conversations is probably the most important thing. Yeah. It's funny, I'm just thinking of going full circle. It's kind of ironic that we, up in our local shopping centre-like thing, we have a boomerang bag, like mm-hmm. a crate. What would you call it? Like a Is there a name? Like a You have a place like a where box. they sit, like yeah. a box, like but it's a cool wooden box with like the sign on it. Mm. And when I went past it the other day, it had nothing but plastic bags in it. Mm. You know, yeah. which was... I love that because there's truth in... Like, I don't know, it's kind of like meeting everyone where they're at. It's yeah. like, I see you use that bag, but at least you're taking that that little step yeah. to reuse it or to put it back. But yeah. Yeah. Mm. Cabarita was actually the second community to start after we started in Burley. Like we had, we did the Burley yeah. pilot project. So Cabarita was kind of a pilot of itself because we were still figuring everything yeah. out. And they just approached us and then they came to our sewing bees and like learnt everything from us and then wow. kind of implemented it so it's definitely evolved a long way from there yeah how many <laughs> countries are you in now uh about 26 oh. countries it's just gone off in germany and i'm trying to keep up with the, <laughs> them the germans emails. are loving it <laughs> yeah because you're translating great. everything now aren't you into yeah. german and we'll, sh- we'll soon in the next few weeks release a, a german version of the toolkit yeah. So that will help with that growth because we're getting a lot of inquiries in German at the moment that we can't answer. Huh, um, but sure. We have help from volunteers translating, but it'll be better, easier for them when they can just read through all the information. Yeah. Um, and then after that, we'll look at doing maybe Spanish and French. Yeah. Um, so you're up for total Indonesian. world domination, basically. Why not? <laughs> well, I, I don't see why we'll not. see where it goes. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, to be honest, I thought it'd be obsolete by now. Like, huh. you know, you kind of think there would come a point where uh, we don't need any more reusable bags. But sure. I think there's so much heart involved and also, you know, the uh, recycling and upcycling of fabrics mm. is a big part of it too, <clears throat> like diversion of waste from landfill yeah. and just the community spirit behind things. And people want – people are looking for sustainable options. They don't yeah. want to just buy another reusable bag from Woolies. They yeah. want to get – a boomerang bag because it's got a story it's got heart mm. and it's sustainable it's locally made it's recycled fabric mm. so yeah surprisingly it's, it's so <laughs> good yeah we crave connection don't we yeah. like in a what kind of form we can get it 100 percent. um and last question i would like to ask you is mm-hmm. do you think we are nature yes why um i don't really see it any other way Okay. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> this is a ridiculous question. <laughs> if I read this question more wrong. 
Like, um, do you think yeah, chocolate is delicious? <laughs> like, obviously. Yeah, we're just another animal. Okay. Just like every other animal. Have I you mean, always thought that? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I mean, we definitely have disconnected ourselves mm. from nature, but essentially we are nature. Whether we, like, no matter how far we try to disconnect ourselves from yeah. it, we'll still be nature. Gosh, it just explains why there's so much pain, you know, like we're Mm -hmm. just telling ourselves that we're not something that we so clearly are and it's like, but I don't feel good being over here and then I don't identify as being nature, so like, what what am I then? It's like, no, you're you're actually nature. Like, (laughs) Yeah, I think that's what's so powerful about being in nature is like we feel, I think like a lot of us feel alone so often Mm. and we feel disconnected and we feel a little bit like out of place. Mm -hmm. Well, I do anyway. Mm. Um, but then as soon as you step into a natural environment and get really present and having the, like those wildlife experiences, the perfect mm. example, like you, you're so in that moment because you're just in awe of it. Mm-hmm. And those are the moments where we feel, for lack of a better word, whole. Mm. And that proves that we are nature. Like yeah. it's, that's what we, that's where we need to be. Yeah. going it's like everything. if it didn't feel so good yeah then maybe we wouldn't be nature but yeah. yeah i've never really heard many people be like oh yeah i went out to nature it was shit yeah <laughs> like i had an interaction with a whale but it was pretty shit yeah like, exactly yeah. i think all of us can get excited and feel that same kind of thrill and connection of being in nature so you would say that you know that we are nature by the feeling yeah huh that's so lovely. <laughs> what does do you feel like? Do you acknowledge that it's anywhere in particular in your body that feeling? Like, if you could describe that feeling. Ooh. Um. So imagine a whale has just gone past, surrounded by dolphins. How do you feel? It's in my chest. It's like a. Well, I mean, there's a whole body feeling of mm. just going. Okay, I'm like, like you just you're not considering anything else in that moment. Mm-hmm. You're right in that moment. But. Maybe it's just because I get particularly excited. My heartbeat starts going yeah. really fast. Um, that's in terms of that kind of wildlife interaction. If I was just out rock hopping or something on mm. a stream, then it would. it's more of that just like – it's a feeling of like peace, I mm. guess, that comes over. It's like a wave of this like – It's almost like it's oh, okay. Like yeah. a relief, <laughs> yeah. you know, that kind of feeling. Yeah. Hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Well, if you identify with that feeling, you should listen to our next podcasts because hopefully they'll all give you that tingly feeling as people tell you their stories. Um, But once again, if you are really passionate about reducing plastic as well, so go to the Boomerang Bags website and they also are on social media. Jordan just hates social media, so she (laughs) just go to their website. They love talking to you there and they can connect you up also with other people who love to do it. So if you do live somewhere and you do, you know, want a bit more interaction or learn a new skill, then head to Boomerang Bags and then they can hook you up and they're so friendly. And then you can make some new friends and make some new bags and, and help the ocean too so um, until that point also if you do want to go outdoors or on a fun adventure and you want to be inspired um, check out our website as well so that's journeyoutdoorsinnature.com.au or the social medias or just keep listening here until next time i hope you have a beautiful day and bye